Welcome to Franchise Marketing Radio, brought to you by SEO Samba, comprehensive high-performing marketing solutions for mature and emerging franchise brands. To supercharge your franchise marketing, go to seosamba.com. That's S-E-O-S-A-M-B-A dot com. Welcome to Franchise Marketing Radio. Lee Cantor and Stone Payton here with you this afternoon. Today's episode is brought to you in part by the Business Radio X Studio Partner Program, equipping franchisors to help franchisees dominate their local market. To learn more about serving your market and growing your business, go to mybrxstudio.com. Lee, this is going to be a fantastic segment. Please join me in welcoming to the broadcast, President with Cousin Subs, Mr. Jason Westoff. How are you, Jason? I'm great, guys. Thanks for having me. Well, Jason, before we get too far into things, can you tell us a little bit about Cousin Subs? How did it start, and what makes you guys special? Sure. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's, a, good, that's a good question a lot of people ask. Um, Cousin Subs was founded in 1972, so uh, we're approaching our 50th year of business. Founded by a gentleman named William Speck, who is uh, still our chairman of the board, and uh, his cousin. So that's actually how it got its name. Bill, our founder, was... Um, he was a New Jersey native, uh, was in the military, settled in in Wisconsin, and basically got to the point where he was missing his East Coast subs. Decided to fill that void by not just making them for himself, but opening his first cousin subs. And right now we're about a hundred unit chain. We own corporately uh, 28 units, and it's his legacy that we continue to carry forward. But we uh, we have some indulgent products, anywhere from your typical turkey to a cheesesteak to some varying items that most people don't have, but the cheese curds, which is a requirement in Wisconsin, fries and shakes. So a little bit of everything for everybody's palate. Now, can you talk about how it it, uh, kind of evolved from just being the founders, sub shops to, hey, you know what, maybe we should franchise this and get other people involved? Yeah, um, through the course of business through the 80s and the early 90s, um, they had built a system up to quite a few units to the point where it was a little bit more difficult to manage as a system, owning all of the stores and operating the stores yourself. Franchising was really taking off at that point as well. You know, the uh, the founders were looking to uh, cash in on some of the equity that they built up in the brand. And they had a number of corporate employees who uh, were interested in being franchisees. So it actually was a kind of a, it was a really nice way for the owners to pay back the employees that helped them build the business and allow them to become franchisees. And many of those franchisees are still with us today. Um, you know, they're, they're boomers and they may be looking uh, at their next steps in life soon, which is going to be interesting because we've, we've actually gotten to the point where we've acquired stores back. So it's, you know, the ebbs and flows in franchising. So now um, how are you counseling the uh, franchisees, how to kind of deal with the situation we have right now with COVID-19? Yeah, that's a great question. It was, uh, we didn't have the textbook like many people out there. So we kind of taking it day by day. But the, I think the biggest thing that we did was to ensure that we were supplying one source of communication. And um, that became me. I kind of uh, took over the ship for all communication. We turned down any communications that were non-essential immediately. We made sure that all of our communications uh, that had any value to anybody to be able to move forward with their day and to move forward into tomorrow that those uh, items were forwarded to me, funneled to me, and then I would put them out in a once or twice a day communication. 
So then the owners knew exactly who to look for and where that information was coming from. And then we also took the steps to make sure that we were interpreting everything that was going on with the uh, sick leave changes and the FMLA changes, and then also with what was going on with the CARES Act as well. So, you know, spending a very significant amount of our time getting ourselves educated so uh, our franchisees didn't necessarily have to do the same amount of diligence and then funneling that information to them uh, in the pieces that were relevant to restaurant operators. Now, uh, prior to this, was Cousins good at uh, kind of curbside and delivery? Oh, that's a great question. Um, <laughs> three years ago, uh, we endeavored in putting in a centralized POS uh, platform and back office platform um, that we 100% manage corporately. And that was one of the best decisions we've ever made because what it allowed us to do is we were not a curbside brand. We implemented curbside in three days. We were able to uh, leverage our current technology platform to do that. Um, we have a strong number of people who've worked in other concepts where those concepts actually had curbsides where we were familiar with what it looked like and how it should feel. So that piece was easy, easy. It was easier for us to do than a lot of other brands are probably uh, seeing. The delivery, we had already engaged with third-party delivery over a year ago, so that was something that we were going down the path. You know, Having sig- significant delivery in our business already with Jimmy John's, um, that was a niche that we knew we needed to fill um, if we were going to remain competitive from that standpoint to be able to attract those guests. So we originally had our own delivery programs, and then we moved forward with DoorDash as a, as a partner uh, last year. And um, so I think there are just a lot of opportunities for us that we already had our uh, we kind of already had our toes in the water on that allowed us to max that out. Now, is there been any kind of feedback from the local owners in terms of the importance of hey, you know what it would have been great is if we had uh, email lists and ways to communicate with the group of people that are around my location in order to really let them know that, hey, support us if you want us to stick around. (laughs) You know, like to to create kind of those systems to help the local person really leverage their community. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a very good point you bring up. A lot of what we do for our local store marketing involves a local Facebook page for each of the individual stores. And those are Facebook pages that we assist managing. Otherwise, the owner manages as well, and, and we just verify the content is, uh, is appropriate. So that's kind of the grassroots piece that's always been going on with our brand, which is great. And those that do it really well, you can, you can see the differences. Um, certainly, their sales volumes have not uh, dropped to the levels that others where they're not that active have. But everything we're doing also from a marketing standpoint, we've we totally changed how we were marketing. We took our marketing away from places where people were no longer seeing it and started funneling it towards people where we knew they were going to be you know, using streaming media. So going on top of streaming media, uh, making sure that we were utilizing each of the individual pieces we had in place. So we rolled out a, a loyalty app last year. And one of the unintended byproducts of what we're seeing right now is a large spike in people uh, joining our loyalty app. Um, we're offering a free sub with the, with anybody who joins uh, right now. And that allows us also to market through that avenue. And then we've also had a what we call the Fresh Baked News, which has been a, um, a fan club or basically a club that is um, email based. So we do a lot of different marketing at the local level for those guests who want it. And for those guests who don't want it, we're also doing some other we're doing marketing in places where they can find us now. Now, are you able to help the local owner? Um, kind of get the most out of the relationships that they have maybe with vendors or suppliers or partners in the local market to really work together to um, 
you know, so that you can help each other. And maybe from the franchisor level, you're able to kind of lean on some of your suppliers and vendors to have them help the local person as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so there are two big things, I think, for us from a supplier standpoint. Um, we all uh, get our food from the same supplier. And we're able to negotiate terms with our supplier, which basically are allowing people to float um, about 30 days worth of cash, which has been really helpful for them. So if they're on seven-day terms, they basically could go to a 30-day term. Um, and then the second thing is uh, working with our POS vendor. So in, in POS, there's costs for, because these are all software as service, um, uh, we've got platforms. We've got the POS, we've got the credit card terminals themselves. We've got you know three or four different other expenses that are all tied in with specific vendors. And so we had an opportunity there to try and uh, plus that out, uh, which we've been able to, to to help alleviate some of those fees for our franchise system. Um, you know, having been a former franchisee um, in the Pizza Hut and the Applebee's systems, um, I, I realized the value of what a good franchisor uh, can bring to the table and really focusing on bottom line initiatives instead of top line initiatives. Um, you know, making sure that if it's going to grow the bottom line, that it actually is to the benefit for everybody to do it and then focusing on how, how you can move those initiatives forward. So in this time, cash preservation is the priority. And if you can preserve your cash and project your, ca- project your cash over the next 90 days, anything that we can do to assist that, uh, we're trying to step forward in every manner we can. Now, are you able to kind of uh, quickly disseminate best practices? Maybe have a franchisee in a local market. Hey, this we did this, um, and then they can kind of share the learning back to the to you guys, and then you can then share that learning back to the other franchisees in other markets. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think one of the benefits that we have is because we are pretty geocentric. We're you know a majority 90 plus of our stores are in Wisconsin and then uh, the stores that are not in Wisconsin are in the Chicagoland area, which is, you know, an hour and a half drive from here. Um, what we're doing is we're able to share things that are a little bit, you know, we have an intimate group of owners, first of all, and beyond that, uh, we're able to take some of their best practices and roll them forward. Um, for the most part, we've always kind of been like that as a system, but we, we do host um, weekly or biweekly calls with our franchise advisory council too, just to make sure that we're on the right track and, the, and to bring forward ideas from people. But I think for the most part, the individual franchisees also have their own subsets of franchisees out there where they share information. Um, but my last message on when or on Friday to them, just to end on a positive note, was to share how one of our franchisees was using his local Facebook feed to um, give 25% discounts to first responders and what ter- what ended up starting out as just kind of an idea of how I can help these people out turned into a number of people go- uh, starting a pay it forward program where they were saying, you know, if you're covering 25%, I want to cover 25% or I want to cover. And they st- he started receiving donations or people buying um, party boxes for these different frontline um, workers. And then was basically putting their personalized message on top of those boxes and taking those out into the frontline services. And then the crazy thing that happened is that pay it forward just grew even larger because then what would happen is he would go to the healthcare provider and bring them, you know, these sandwiches that are being sponsored by a local business to say, thank you. And the person would come to the door with a handful of cash saying, this is from us to help you pay it forward to the next person. So, you know, crazy little grassroots stuff like that, where people just really do look out for each other and care. Those are probably some of the simplest things that we can do, but it really just shows a really great side of how we can be involved in our communities. Right. Um, we're seeing that as well. I've had the privilege to interview lots of, um, especially restaurants uh, here in the Atlanta area where we're based. And we're seeing the same type of thing where um, people can sponsor 
a, a you know, if you buy a buy a meal, then you can sponsor a meal for a first responder or a hospital worker or somebody like that. And we're seeing, the, like you said, an opportunity for the restaurateur to partner with maybe a law firm or a professional service firm to sponsor 500 meals, and it'll be brought to you by blah 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 law, law firm. Um, so there's lots of ways, a lot of creativity happening and a lot of resourcefulness. And I think that's what makes kind of the United States uh, kind of likely to survive and even thrive. In, you know, the right folks are going to kind of thrive in this kind of environment. Um, so it's great to see that creativity and resourcefulness. And I'm sure uh, you're seeing that as well. Amen. Yeah. So now, um, any advice for the maybe the franchisee out there that maybe was new to the system and then they're in and now they got this to deal with on top of just starting a business? Um, how are you kind of working with them to get them off the ledge a little bit? Yeah, um, yeah this, is a great, this is a great question. Our, our first step was the fact that we knew we needed to step up as a brand. So we immediately uh, cut our royalties in half and... Um, we also uh, pulled the local uh, store marketing fund. So um, that saved the franchisees on the bottom line right away. Like I mentioned, we talked about how we negotiated with vendors to help extend terms. We also talked through best practices, you know, conversations with your landlord about your leases. Um, and this was all in advance of the CARES Act, obviously not having any idea what that was going to turn into. Um, making sure that they're looking at their P&L and where the items are that are most critical. Um, making sure that you're turning off things that aren't necessarily business critical in the short term. But then beyond that, it's, there's been a lot of um, just individual Q&A. And I think the biggest thing, the biggest thing that people are dealing with is if they have employees who don't want to come to work or if they've got somebody who's sick or if they, they're with somebody who's being tested or they're, they're with somebody who's tested positive. How do you address each of those situations? And in all honesty, the biggest thing is just an open dialogue um, and just a number of phone calls around how to handle those situations, because it's a very fluid situation. You're dealing with food. We understand what that means and it's a high priority to be cleanliness has been a high priority in our industry for a very long time but it was just enhancing all of those things to making sure that we're providing the best environment we can for our guests and the best environment we can for our employees knowing full well that we're just not going to be perfect and it's it's and we're doing the best we can but i think the other thing that i'm seeing too from the community is, is the fact that they they're just accepting these changes as they're being made on the fly and i think that without that you know we just as a business as a restaurant industry, we just we wouldn't be able to to thrive if we didn't have our our guests uh, playing playing their part with us. And I think this is going to be an opportunity for uh, franchisors like yourself in terms of demonstrating this is how we behave under a crisis. So um, you know you can count on us because we didn't sit here and just wait and just you know show up three months later and hope it all worked out. You know you're there really grinding with them and trying to be creative and trying to figure out ways to make it work. So uh, for the person that is considering uh, cousin subs, uh, you know, maybe not today, but down the road, what is the profile of a, of a good cousin subs franchisee? Yeah, I, um, quite honestly, I mean, we've all, we've got our financial standards and, and I won't necessarily have to get into that, but you know, Ideally, our ideal candidate has prior restaurant experience and is either an operator or an above store operator or has been an in-store operator to begin with. Uh, so they really understand how so it gets glamorized and everybody thinks they want to run a restaurant. It's the, one of the hardest businesses there is out there to be involved in. Um, but beyond that, I think, you know, we have we have four different core values that we look at. You know, we're grounded, we're optimistic, we're passionate and we're purposeful. 
And it's crazy how we're seeing this purposeful thing really come through today and how we're seeing the optimism as well um, on the other side of where we're going to emerge. And so we just look at those core values and whether or not those individuals as they sit across from the table align with us. You know, we're a small business. We're a family owned business. We've been family owned our entire time. We're entrepreneurial. We all roll our sleeves up when, when shit hits the fan and, and apologize for the word there and um, move forward the best we can. So I think that those are the types of people that gravitate towards our brand. And those are the types of people that the people, when we get word of mouth uh, referrals, those are the types of people that are coming to meet with us. But, you know, I, I think quite honestly, you know, we're a, we're a brand that's going to partner with you. We're a brand that's going to be able to help move forward through these times. And we've been around for 50 years and we're going to be around for another 50, you know, if God lets us. Now you're looking for uh, partners that are interested in multiple territories, or is it something that uh, somebody you'd be happy with somebody that just, hey, I just want one in my local area? Yeah, it's it's um, based on where we are in Wisconsin. Um, there are individual uh, opportunities, but I think for the most part, we're looking for you know that three to five uh, system owner. Um, I think there's a real value to having multiple stores. Certainly, in the you know one of the biggest things you run into is you know taking COVID out of the, out of the equation is if you have construction at one of your stores, how can you absorb that? Um, you, the best way to absorb that is to have other stores. Um, so yeah, pr- probably looking for that three to five store owner, but if people want to be larger than that, certainly our group down in Chicago is a, a much larger deal than that. So, um, but I think, you know, we've got opportunities still within the state of Wisconsin and then we've got opportunities around, in and around uh, the Chicagoland area to, to do some more. And, and that could come in any varying form. You know, we've got large franchisees and then we've got single unit operators too. So, Good stuff. Well, Jason, thank you so much for sharing your story. If somebody wanted to learn more, uh, can you share the website coordinates for uh, potential franchisees and or just somebody who's hungry? Yeah, absolutely. Well, you can go to CousinSubs.com anytime you'd like to. And basically from there, you can flow through to any one of the individual pages that you're looking at to be an investor. Or if you'd like to order, if you'd just like to know a little bit more about our brand, CR Cuisine. Um, it's a, it's a great website. Otherwise download our app, uh, cousin subs app and, and you can do the same. Good stuff. Well, thank you again for sharing your story and best of luck. I appreciate it. Lee. Thank you for your time. All right. This is Lee Cantor for stone Payton. We will see you all next time on franchise marketing radio.